0: You ready to brave the wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey? Brave the wild is available on the iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Great to be back talking hockey once again with you out there, the listeners. Well, the Wild got to a point of four games, one, four wins in a row, and then could not complete the five-game winning streak that I was hoping for against the St. Louis Blues and Exhale Energy Center uh, Sunday. March the 6th, so we're going to review three games, preview three games, and check in on the Iowa Wild and other prospects and such out there, it's like, why not, it's worth it, right, <laughs> so that's what we're going to do, um, Minnesota Wild head to Toronto Thursday, March the 3rd, and win the game 2-1, to one. a very low scoring game because, well, <laughs> Sparks was in that again, wasn't he, wasn't he though, oh boy. That's just how it goes. Uh, Garrett Sparks kept the Wild shut down last time pretty nicely. The Wild winning 1 0 in Exile Energy Center back on Thursday, December the 3rd. It's funny how it's Thursday the 3rd again. That's kind of weird. But a very, very, very low scoring, boring hockey game in Exile Energy Center two months ago, literally. And then in Toronto, the Wild went 2 1 in a very similar situation. Just slightly higher scoring, whatever. Very few shots on goal for each team. Only 22 shots on goal per team, of course, totaling 44. For the game, I mean, there are teams out there that attempt 40 shots in a game, but or get 40 shots on net in a game, and it's just a pretty low-action type of performance for the Wild. Mikhail Granlund and Miko Cuivo able to net two, uh, able to net the two goals during the course of this one. Uh, the Wild's power play has been absolutely fantastic, as both of the Wild's goals were on the power play. Miko Koivu unassisted for his 14th of the year. And then Granlund after after another beautiful feed from Thomas Vanek late in the third for his eighth of the season, ultimately. Again, a very uneventful game. I gotta say, I don't have a whole lot to talk about in on this one, other than, I mean, the defense was good, I suppose, but you're playing a team that's probably going to get the number one pick in the draft, or at least they hope to. It was kind of disheartening when neither team scored in the first period, and then the Wilder down one nothing after Jake Gardner had his sixth goal of the year, about mid about midway through the second period, but luckily, Miko Kuevu answers it only four minutes later, or three and a half, technically. Kind of a just a meh game, didn't really get you too excited. But the good news is, at least you can see the wild will play a little bit of defense on her torch as well. <laughs> torch, Torchetti, Torch, not torch. That's a different guy, of course. I gotta stop that. Torchetti, um, so it's not a wide open deal like, like it was with Todd Richards. I mean, just all offense, no defense whatsoever, it's zero special teams. You're certainly getting a power play now on this club, but the penalty kill 28th in the NHL as of just a couple of days ago. Basically, when the Wild were playing the St. Louis Blues and the uh, Buffalo Sabres and such. 28th in the league. That's about as bad as the Wild penalty kill has ever been in the history of the franchise. Remember in the Lemaire days, it was like number one in the league. And even under, uh, well, under Mike Yo, it kind of fluctuated all over the place. But then again, what didn't fluctuate all over the place for the Wild <laughs> over the course of time? David Jones making his debut, his debut for the Minnesota Wild on the fourth line. Uh, Jason Zucker had not returned quite yet at this stage against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Got some interesting sets uh, of, of lines for the Wild over the course of, uh, as we head into, <laughs> in, in, into the Buffalo game. think things get interesting. I kind of like the lines and we're going to get into it now. Just more creativity and well, the lines are working and Mike Yeo sometimes would get stubborn and keep the same lines together and then suddenly he would just move one guy somewhere and it would kind of get strange, but now you get complete changes, and it's working pretty nicely. Well, I was right about Jason Pominville scoring a goal in the game, but unfortunately, uh, it was only on the shootout. It wasn't in the actual gameplay, but yeah, you know, hey, we'll, we'll definitely take it. This is the game that scared the living crap out of him, even though David Jones scoring his first goal of the season for the Wild on, his, on, on the fourth line with Ryan Carter. And Jarrett Stoll centering those two guys on that fourth line. That is a mainstay line now, and it's a pretty good line actually. They've been playing well. 10th goal of the season overall. First goal of the Minnesota Wild. Welcome to the Wild, indeed. He 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 can score. He's he's the most talented guy on that fourth line ultimately. But it's just it is what it is when you get slowed from ankle injuries and such. Uh, ultimately, uh, Jason Zucker still. Uh, had, uh, no, Jason Zucker did, had ret- did return by this point. I'm getting all over the place, and I apologize. Uh, ultimately, interesting line pairings for the Wild. Of course, the top line, Miguel Koivu, Zach Parisi, and Charlie Coyle. That's been a mainstay under Torch. Second line has uh, now, because, yeah, you want to get the lines together now with everybody around. You want to know who's on what line. Uh, second line is Mikhail Granlin. Jason Zucker and Thomas Vanek, an interesting group of couple guys that can definitely score goals when they're on, but inconsistent. It is like the inconsistent line. But when they're on, they're really on, if if and when that does take place. And they, they had a couple of moments here and there over the course of the week, uh, but nothing major. Just, well, nice shot attempts, we'll say. <laughs> Ultimately, third line, though, has been playing better than most of them, I got to say. It has been playing better than all of them, actually. Uh, Eric, Eric Hall up at center. Jason Pomerville on the right wing. And you don't need a writer on the left wing. Uh, very, very outstanding line for the Wild. And, of course, fourth line, Jared Stoll, David Jones, and Mr. Ryan Carter. Good lines. It's a, it's a nice, complete team, you could say. It's just it's interesting to see the change under Torch and how it's becoming more of a mainstay now. It's not a, okay, let's try this, let's try that, let's try this. It's more of you, you kind of know what the lines are, and they're working fairly well for the most part. Very competitive team have been the Wild for the most part during the course of the week. But this Buffalo game was downright scary. Uh, this is when you start getting mad at uh, Devin Dubnik after having a really nice, strong game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. But then again, who wouldn't have a strong game against the Maple Leafs? Right? Pretty much. <laughs> Jack Echo, one of the the, uh, the 2013 first-round pick. I did, uh, luckily not the pick that we gave up for Jason Pommonville. I repeat, not the pick we gave up for Jason Pominville because we never possessed the number two overall pick in the history of our franchise, and that's what Echo was. He was Buffalo's original pick, their other pick. We'll talk about that at another time. I'm going to go on a rant about uh, Chuck Fletcher one of these days. I might even go on it in the second segment. We'll see. We'll just have to wait and see. But uh, but there was no GM worse than Chuck <laughs> Bro, It's like you look at the history of the franchise, the trades, and the the draft picks that none of them worked out. I mean, it was always with the Doug Rise, First-round pick, okay, he played this much, and he was all right. Second-round pick, barely made it, and down the line, nobody else made it. Zero. It's just unbelievable, Doug Rise, How the hell he lasted nine years, I I don't understand. Um, But you get the idea. Uh, I would not be too surprised or too disappointed if Chuck Fletcher ended up losing his job. But at the same time, significant improvement from Doug Rise, but still. Yeah, Uh, Ultimately, David Jones, though, yes, scored. But then, one of the trades that I'm not too mad at this trade. A guy that was, but I'm mad at the draft pick of the guy. Johan Larson was a pretty high second-round pick for the Minnesota Wild under uh, Mikhail Granlin. 2010, very high draft pick. And he's pretty much done a whole lot of nothing in the league. Matthew Hackett, who was the third-round pick in the same draft, ended up going to Buffalo in the Jason Tomlinville trade, which is, again, a massive trade. He gave up a first-rounder and a fourth-rounder, or third-rounder in that trade. It was just like, huh. Um, the first-rounder to this day does not come to fruition in the NHL, but it's only two years ago, so you never know. We'll see what happens. The first-rounder that ultimately was acquired by Buffalo uh, has not turned into an NHL player yet. But um, But Johan Larson was fifth goal of the year. Of course, of course he's going to score, despite the fact he only has eight points in like 55 games on the year. Very Nino Niederreiter with the New York Islanders like. Well, okay, not quite that bad, but you get the idea. Uh, Of of course, he pokes one through on the power play after a dumb penalty in the second period. Got things started off very frustratingly for the Wild. Um, Nino Niederreiter got a tripping call. Johan Larson just pokes it through after the uh, Buffalo Sabres, getting shots on net. And ultimately, uh, (laughs) Ristolin had the shot on goal, and Jack Echel. What Larson's doing on the power play for the Buffalo Sabres, I have no idea. I mean, he's one of their worst players. He's a fourth-liner. Fourth-line player. And again, a high second-round pick by Chuck Fletcher, which, okay, yes, you're able to trade him away to get Pommonville, but think about it. You you used a high second-round pick for the guy, and that's all he is. Just meh. Just a meh player in the league. Hmm. I mean, I, I don't know, uh, <laughs> but congratulations, fifth goal of the year, Johan Larson. Way to stick it to the team that uh, drafted you and traded you away, Jack Eckel, one of the best players on the Sabres. In fact, the leading overall scorer for the team. Just a minute later on the power play again, another dumb penalty. Or actually, no, it was this was uh, this was a, a penalty where a guy was bleeding. Pardon me, and it also was Nino Niederreiter. Yes, uh, the stick went high and it, it caused bleeding on the chin, and ultimately, it was a. Uh, Two minute major uh, it was a it was a double minor and it's a four minute penalty that just keeps going, unfortunately, and Jack Eckel ultimately able to bury nineteenth goal of the season just a minute later. Buffalo Sabres suddenly up two to one on the wild as they couldn't get anything past Mister Liner of the Buffalo Sabres ultimately just couldn't get anything past him for the longest period of time. <laughs> and the Wild, luckily, late in the third period were able to get a power play goal from Miko Koivu just getting that puck on net getting a, trying as hard as the Wild can to tie the game up they were, to their credit, very aggressive in the third period, and on this power play they knew they had to score here and now, and luckily the Wild ultimately did pump through 15th goal of the season on the power play once again for the Minnesota Wild, which is really on a surge of late, it is definitely on a serious surge uh, Dumba and Suter assisting on it Koivu powering that shot in there. 15th goal of the year. Thank God the Wild survived. Go to overtime after a Buffalo flurry and a Wild flurry back and forth. Ultimately, when you saw Jack Eccles score right away in the shootout, you thought, oh boy, here we go. Here you, here we go. And then, of course, Koivu couldn't get the puck on net. Evander Kane couldn't score. And then Charlie Coyle saves the day as the Wild had to score there. Whew, very close. Sam Reinhardt stopped. Parisi stopped. Fogliano stopped, thank God. Fogliano, <laughs> you get the idea. And Jason Pominville buries it against his former club that was willing to trade him away. The bastards, right? For Johan Larsen and Matt Hackett and, and a first-round pick. <laughs> Ultimately, buries his former club, and the Wild survive in a shootout for the first time since. Yeah, well, the Wild have won overtime victory on the season overall. One, and it was in the shootout, not in overtime. So it's their second shootout victory in the season since way back in the in the early part of the year in, in October, the Wild finally survived in the extra periods periods, basically, after nobody could score in overtime and the Wild get the job done and well, tie the season series, thank God, but Buffalo winds up with three points and the Wild with two. So technically if this is a little two game series in college hockey, Buffalo won. Ouch. Gotta love that. Yeah, you, you lost to Buffalo. Yep, but let's give him another draft pick, right? Let's just let's just let's just give him another one. You know, let's give him two more for for Matt Molson and, and and Cody McCormick. But I'm not bitter about that trade. It, it was it was a fair trade. It was completely fair. Come on, who who needs second round picks anyway? You know, we're not trying to run a daycare here, are we? Come on, come on. We're we're ready to win now. Stop trading away all the draft. Or yeah, yeah. Don't stop. Don't don't just just trade them all away. Who cares? No, that's just stupidity, and we're suffering for it right now. Ah, oh, Jake Allen, I hate you. Mm. Minnesota loses to <laughs> Sunday, March the sixth. Minnesota loses four to two to the St. Louis Blues. I hate Jake Allen. God it. I mean, he was getting the stick on how many shots, how many score, how many goals the Wild should have had in this one. Eric Haller, Jason Pominville, Parisi, Suter. Luckily, did score finally in the third period to keep the Wild in the game. Get the Wild in the game after things started out pretty rough in that first period. Yari Laterra scoring on just a, <laughs> on a, on a mistake by, uh, by Devin Dubnik. I mean, just a, just mental errors by Devin Dubnik over the course of this game. Just killed us, uh, latera scoring. Ryan Reeves simply throwing the puck on net. Fourth line goal, fourth line player, along with Kyle Braziak, of course. Yay. <laughs> just two minutes later, this is of course midway through the third period Ryan Reeves merely throwing the puck on net and it went underneath Devin Dubnik, Uh we, we always talk about shoot it, uh, excuse me, shoot it high on Corey Crawford of Chicago but apparently it's shoot it low on Devin Dubnik it just seems to go in more often than it should just a terrible goal, nobody was happy about that one, very very frustrating and Patrick Berglund scoring again another mental error by Devin dumnik unbelievable. I mean, it, that's been the thing with, with Devin Dumnick for the past couple months here. You're starting to see funny stuff here happening with him the past several weeks now. I mean, going behind the net, losing control of the puck, and then you get a goal allowed, poor pass attempts, not freezing the puck, giving up easy rebounds, stuff like that. That's what's been hurting Devin dumnick of late. His goals against average, is save percentage, strong. He's got four shutouts on the season. Okay, that's that's really nice. But the mental errors of Devin Dubnik have been plaguing this team, particularly during the swoon. But again, during our recovery here, we, you've seen a lot of mental errors. Like, he gets kind of lazy sometimes, and I don't know what the deal is with it. They're just kind of lazy errors. Just control the puck, man. Please control the puck. It's one mistake after another, and he had multiple mental errors in this game. Berglund making it 3 to nothing midway through the second period. This looked like a complete complete non-factor of a game for the Wild and the Blues are going to coast. Kind of kind of reminiscent to uh, game number four last year when the Wild and Blues played. It was a devastating night, without a doubt. The Blues just rolled over us and you thought, oh boy, here we go. The Blues are going to kick the Wild's ass and they're going to win the series. Luckily, things changed dramatically after that. It was something <laughs> something to behold, without a doubt. Ryan Souter, in fact, that was game number three when the Blues took a 2-1 lead. My bad. Uh, Ryan Suter, Eighth goal of the season, attacking the net. Attacking the net. His man was caught sleeping. He just kept going, kept going. Parisi was able to send her pass to him. And Suter with his eighth goal of the year, attacking the net. Dumba, similar situation, just three minutes later, tenth goal of the year, also attacking the net on a beauty of a pass from Charlie Coyle, setting things up there. And Dumba just burying it. Tenth goal of the season. And there was hope with about five five minutes left in the game. Three to two, here we go, rock and roll. Then you go to the empty net. Another turnover, and that was it. Bada-bing, bada-boom. Ultimately, 16th goal of the season for Robbie Fabry on the empty netter, and that was it. Ultimately, uh, the Yori Latera play, I, that one wasn't Dubnyk as much. I mean, though, you'd, you'd hope Dubnyk could make the stop. Mike Riley had a terrible centering pass attempt <clears throat> from his own zone. I don't know what he's thinking. Centering the pass, that's a no-no. In the NHL, Mike Riley did it, and Latera, uh, pardon me, Yori Laterra, that's what screwed me up, was able to bury it. Dubnik, I think it's a stoppable goal, but at the same time, you're, you're leaving your goalie out to dry, and that wasn't cool. The Ryan Reeves is a huge joke, and then Patrick Berglund, mental error. Yeah, Dubnik was disappointing in this one. Um, they, he was kind of Kemper-like, you could say, on the goals, and the mental errors, I guess that's just his own thing, you could say. But Kemper strong, as he was pulled immediately after the Patrick Berglund goal, him being Devin Dubnyk, uh <clears throat> and I'm kind of having mental errors here, so I do apologize. Right, <laughs> stuff all over the place. The Yori the Laterra one ultimately was a Mike Riley uh, mistake. So my my apologies there on the fly here. It's just kind of how we that's kind of how we roll sometimes here on Brave the Wild. We've got to go on the fly here. Ultimately, a winnable game, a game that looked like the Wild were going to get their butts kicked. Then next thing you know, just in a three minute span there in the mid third period, mid to late third period, the Wild. nearly tie the game up, several shots on goal, Jake Allen knocking the puck away, Uh, it looked like Pominville had this sucker, and it had nothing to do with Pominville. it was all Jake Allen stopping this one, it had nothing to do with Pominville not burying it, I mean, he should have scored on that play, but Jake Allen denied him, throwing that stick out there at the last second, and it was a heartbreaker and there were multiple situations in the game, like I mentioned earlier, Eric Halla had looked like he had one, Parisi without a doubt, Koivu Pominville uh, more than once. Uh, Nito Niederreiter also had a goal without a doubt, and the stick was there at the last second. Jason Zucker, I mean, it was multiple times. Jake Allen, without a doubt, the player of the game. Spectacular saves and a heartbreaker. Um, Jake Allen is a guy that the Wild can beat, but today was one of those days the Wild did not beat him. Uh, Brian Elliott was unavailable for the game anyway, but Jake Allen is the starting goalie for the St. Louis Blues. And he got the job done. Kemper stopped all 18 shots he faced. Do not be surprised at all to see Darcy Kemper in net coming up in the next game that we'll talk about in the next segment. <laughs> we'll talk about it when it comes here in segment number two. So, ultimately, Mike Madonna award for this week. Who's it going to go to? It's, it's not as easy as it's been in the past. Um, you know, Charlie Coyle, he didn't score, did he? But he was so good the whole time. It's like you want to, I almost want to give it to him. But ultimately, ah, and Dumba made some mistakes out there. Even though he was strong and scored some goals here, I can't give it to him. Uh, Parisi, I'm still mad at. Studer, I'm still mad at. Even though he was strong, I can't give it to them. Uh, It's tough. (laughs) Who played best during the course of this week? Uh, I guess I'm going to give a very, a very light uh, Mike McDonald Award to, uh, um, you know what? Yeah, this is what I was thinking the whole time, and I, I, I'm going to give it to the third line: Eric Hall, Aparmanvill, and Niederreiter. It's going to be a committee here. It's going to be three Mike McDonald awards for this week. It's going to go to the third line. They have played so strong, even though they didn't, <laughs> they didn't really produce like they had the previous weeks. But they still were on the attack. They still kept teams honest out there, without a doubt. And there should have been some more there should have been more than, than what they got they got robbed on a lot of a uh, lot of scorable attempts, great scoring chances ultimately <clears throat> but they were robbed on several of them so I will give them credit ultimately with uh, the I'm, I'm just going to give it to them for this week, uh, Charlie Coyle did get his 14th assist of the year against St. Louis early on on the first goal there, ultimately or second goal, pardon me, to uh, Matt Dumba. So he finally got his 14th assist. So it's, it's like years past he had more assists than goals. Now he's getting way, way more goals and not, not getting any assists. But eventually it'll all even out and Coyle will be a 60-point guy out there. I think that's, that's where he's headed. He, hopefully he can get to 50 this season. We'll see. He's got 35 on the year at this stage. So 15 more points. Very, very doable for Charlie Coyle, who I think has been the best player on the team for, the, for, for this season to be quite honest. Uh, the James Shepard Memorial, it's going to go to Devin Dubnik. I mean, several mental mental errors, some weak goals given up, and this game, the Wild needed to win this game. I mean, okay, you you, you don't want to keep saying every game is a must-win, but it, they, they kind of are, and if you beat the St. Louis Blues in a situation like that at home, I mean, take care of business, damn it. Just just get it done. Win the game. And the Wild did not get it done, and Devin Dubnik let him down. It was kind of like Kemper last year out there, honestly. Goals that happened early, mistakes, weak goals, like the Ryan Reeves, that was definitely a Kemper Kemper mental error type of goal. But maybe Darcy Kemper <laughs> will be ready to roll for a couple games. Here, give Dubnik a little rest, kind of gather himself, get it back together, and rock and roll. But Devin Dubnik, for this week, you, my friend, are getting the James Shepard Memorial. With that, we'll take a break, come back for segment number two, preview three games, talk about the wild prospects, A tiny bit more in-depth. Not not over the top, but you get the idea. I'm going to get to more guys that we haven't talked about as much uh, over the course of the season. So we'll be back right after this. Brave the Wild, segment number two. Preview segment and check in on some of the Wild prospects. Always fun to do there. Three games to preview, and yeah, you get the idea. Let's get on with it. The, on Thursday, March the 10th, the Minnesota Wild host the Edmonton Oilers. That's right, the Oilers come to town. to try to keep that well-oiled machine rolling for the Wild, right? Okay, that's cute, right? Uh, Oilers continuing to improve long-term. You get the, all kinds of promise on this roster. Of course, Ryan Nugent Hopkins... Not available with hip surgery or hand, excuse me, his his hand. I'm looking at the wrong guy there. See, I keep doing this. Ben uh, Benwapulia day to day, but yeah, you know, Ben Wapulia will probably play and he'll probably score a goal, right? That's kind of like the Wild's history against the former draft picks. Connor McDavid is the well, he's the future there. Uh, Yakupov again, another up and comer. Rumors that the Wild were trying to trade for him. Maybe the Wild will trade for him in the uh in, in the off season. you never know. He has, uh, so so far, 16 points on the year. Nice up-and-comer. He was the first overall pick in the 2012 draft, but ultimately has not quite lived up to that hype of yet. But you never know. Maybe the Wild get him and something happens. But uh, we'll see what happens. Let's leave that alone. Connor McDavid, just been unbelievable for those Edmonton Oilers. It's going to be fun to see him in Excel Energy Center. 34 points on the season already and crazy, uh, just uh, unbelievable numbers. He's only he's only been with the Oilers for 31 games so far, and he's already got 34 points, 13 goals, 21 assists, and his goal-scoring ability is off the charts, and he continues to get assists. Uh, maybe he's the new Gretzky, uh, born in 1990-frickin'-7. I, I, I just, I, I can't believe that. You know what? I got my driver's license in 97. And, you know, technically I was kind of, sort of, just a little bit, a late bloomer with that. Like, I I was a little bit late, maybe a year or two late getting my driver's license compared to uh, uh, other people. And, 97. Jiminy Christmas, man. (laughs) The guy's got quite a long future ahead of him, doesn't he? And he is a scoring son of a bitch. He really is. Uh, 34 points on the season. Watch out for the Edmonton Oilers. They're coming. You know who I'm picking to be the surprise in the, in the Western Conference next year, don't you? Because I've been picking them for, what, six years now because of all their picks? One of these years is going to all come through, and maybe the Wilds can pick up one of their number one picks that they want to get rid of, like Naya Nugent Hopkins or Yakupov. We'll see what happens if the Wild are able to do that without some type of stupid-ass, idiotic, like, give up the whole, up the whole farm to get them type of deal. The Wild this season have been quite successful against the former division rival. Now in the Pacific Division, and former Northwest Division rival, the Wild beat the Oilers four to three way back on October 27th, and on February 18th, the Wild hammered the Edmonton Oilers in John Torchetti's uh, first week on the job, just hammered them five to two after barely surviving the Calgary Flames' fourth, uh, third period onslaught. I think the Wild sweep the season series next year Energy Center this Thursday, and I would, cer- I would certainly hope so. Uh, the guy most likely to score in this game is going to be Charlie Quayle. He'll finally get his, he'll finally, right? He'll, he'll get his 22nd goal of the season. He did not score in the last three games. I think he's due for a goal and he will score his 22nd goal of the season. Don't be surprised to see Jared Spurgeon be a factor as well. I always think about Jared Spurgeon when I think of the Edmonton Oilers because he's from there and there's always these rumors, you know, Ryan Nugent Hopkins for Jared Spurgeon, stuff like that. Um, I think he's gonna be a part of it. He'll either get an assist or a goal, but he will score a point in the game. The Wild will win four to two over the Edmonton Oilers with Darcy Kemper in that. Kemper will be strong, but he won't be perfect. But the Wild will win four to two in a nice game. We might even go three to one. But uh I am gonna go three to one. I'm gonna change it three to one. The Wild beat the Edmonton Oilers. Um, in the Excel Energy Center, that'll be the final score. They'll score, still score more, and the defense will be better. And Kemper will have a strong, strong night. Then the Wild head to Montreal, Montreal, Quebec, Saturday, March the twelfth. The Montreal Canadiens, yeah, you know, very talented team. Lots of stars on this club. My God, they have a lot of scores in this team. PK Subban, sixty-eight points on the season. Uh, or no, it's just unbelievable how how incredible he's been. Um, as a defenseman, he's just been phenomenal for the Montreal Canadiens. Ultimately, uh, Carey Price has been out forever. Mike Condon's in that. He has been absolutely nothing special, but he's not the worst. I mean, goals against average of 2.58. I mean, you, it could be a lot worse, but he's beatable. The Wilds beat the uh, Canadians earlier in the season. Um, but Condon only 16 and 19 on the season. Carey Price started out the season with two shutouts in only 12 games. Goals against average, only 2.06. Phenomenal player. Subban's actually got 50 points. I'm going to get mixed up with the next guy I'm going to talk about in uh, in uh, <laughs> Ottawa. I apologize. I'm going crazy here. I'm just too excited to do, to, to do these previews. Very winnable game for the Wild. Um, our history against this team is really bad. and it, But I, the Wild beat them earlier this season, and they can get to my Condon. Um, they have lots of scores, but the injuries are off the charts. But uh, the top scorers have been healthy. Serpon Pacriarty and Placonic, Placonic uh, with 50 points, 47 and 46 on the season. Brendan Brandon Gallagher is out right now with an injury, as are so many other Montreal Canadiens. Tom Gilbert, the former Minnesota Wild, number 77, out with the left knee surgery. Yikes. February 20th. Barlow is out as well February 23rd uh, Carey Price of course with an injured uh, injured reserve for this leg injury back on November 26th. The Wild won a low scoring battle against the Canadians 2-1 to game December 22nd. I'm pretty sure, 99% sure this was Darcy Kemper in net because my memory is pretty good I kind of rely on my memory too much. And yes, Darcy Kemper was absolutely outstanding in the game. And Jason Poundville had his fifth goal of the season. Ooh! That was back when when Mike Yo was the coach. Uh, The Wild only scored two goals in Mike Cotton in that one. So Darcy Kemper will possibly be in net again. Don't be surprised to see Darcy Kemper in net for Edmonton and Montreal don't be surprised if you say, maybe Dubnik will go in for Edmonton and then Kemper in Montreal. I I don't know, but I, I would definitely want Kemper in that against the Montreal Canadiens. Really like the success against them, and the Wild defense was strong in that game as well. Two to one victory there. I think the Wild have a strong performance, or I, I mean I think the Wild come out of this one with all those injuries to the Montreal Canadiens. They're struggling. They're only five hundred on the season. They're look, they look like they're going to miss the playoffs. And their superstar goalie has not played for a long time. Not not played played since about Thanksgiving, pretty much. Um, I think the Wild will win the game in a low scoring effort. Let's go with two to. Let's go with. Uh, uh, it's going to be low. Sc- well, I'm going to go with three to two. It's going to be a little bit little bit more going on in this one. It won't be as low scoring, but still semi low scoring. The Wild will win the game three to two over the Montreal Canadiens. The most likely guy to score in this one. Well, I think, don't be surprised to see Margot Scandella be a factor. It's Montreal, that's his hometown, if you can believe it. He doesn't look like, a, doesn't look like he's from Montreal, doesn't talk like he's from Montreal, like Pierre-Marc Bouchard, you know, guys like that. Doesn't really talk French-Canadian-like, but he's from there originally. Uh, but Margot Scandella will be a part of things. I think the most likely guy to score against the Canadians is Miko Coivu. How about that? That's a weird one, huh? Miko Coivu, most likely guy to score. I guess the Montreal Canadiens, a 3-2 win for the Wild. Ottawa Senators, well, Tuesday, March 15th, the Wild's history against this club stinks. A uh, very talented team. They recently lost a 2-1 game to the Dallas Stars. Wow. Uh, with an offense like like Ottawa's, hmm, 2-1 Dallas. The Wild have not played Ottawa yet this season. And now, again, this is Tuesday, March 15th. This is the final game before the next show. And then the Wild wrap up the season, a very brief season series on March 31st. Uh, at home in Exo Energy Center. This team can score goals, but again, injuries again possibly could hurt this club. Uh, Co- Cody Anderson, Craig Anderson. Why am I going all over the place with all these names? Craig Anderson is obviously the main goalie for the Ottawa Senators as he was supposed to be last year until he was injured and then Andrew Hammond, the hamburger, was phenomenal. Craig Anderson, nothing special. 2.81 on the season, three shutouts, but he's got a 27-20 and record. That's good. Uh, snake bit in overtime a bit. Uh but it's more of an offense first type of type of team, I would have to say. I mean you think. Uh Andrew Hammond though very very likely in that. Craig Anderson day to day with a lower body injury, so don't be surprised to see the hamburger burglar in that. And he's not quite the hamburger this year. Goals against average exactly the same pretty much as uh Brig Anderson and it's not that good. Almost at three, a two point eight seven four and eight on the year. Really snake bit in overtime. Three overtime losses and only twelve games. That's rough. That's pretty rough. Uh, Andrew Hammond definitely nothing special. Seventeen games on the year. Pardon me, I'm going crazy again. Uh, a rough. Uh, Rough overall season so far for him. Nothing special. Pretty much playing like a backup goalie, um, which is what he was supposed to be. I mean, last year, remember he was—he had goals against average well under two goals a game. He was phenomenal, and then right as the regular season ended, it was just downhill from there, and they lost right away. Uh, but yeah, don't be surprised to see Mister Hammond in net so for uh, for for a while here. Ultimately, he helped the Senators beat the Maple Leafs most recently, but, eh, <laughs> that was on Saturday night. But then they lost to Dallas. Hmm, well, I'm going to check that one out really quick. That just happened yesterday. A 2-1 to loss, uh, but the offense of this team is just off the charts. Uh, Carlson, Eric Carlson leading the, the uh, another defenseman leading his team in scoring, in this case, for the Ottawa Senators. And, yes, Hamburglar was in that against Dallas. Uh, former Hamburglar, right? <laughs> Carlson, though, phenomenal season. For the Ottawa Senators, 68 points on the season leading the way for this scoring machine in Ottawa. They have one score after another. They've always had a good offensive club over the course of many, many years with the other Anderson leading the way for the longest time. Um, You have Carlson with 68, Mark Stone with 42, or for a 52, Robbie Ryan, 49. Mike Hoffman, another up-and-comer. This team really capitalized on the two thousand nine draft and such, where the the uh, Montreal Canadiens really capitalized in the two thousand seven draft. A lot of their stars are from that same draft, and they were all they've all really turned out to be great players for that team, uh, a very strong scoring club. I don't think the Wild are gonna beat Ottawa. We'll go with I'll go with three to two loss for the Wild in this one, and don't be surprised if Darcy can, or excuse me if uh, Dubnyk's back in net, and I I hate to do this to him, but I think the Wild will lose three to two to the Ottawa Senators. The most likely guy to score against the Senators. Well, should we, who should we go with in this one? Should I go with a crazy one? Hmm. <laughs> Sorry, that was bad. Uh, I'm going to go with not not anybody too crazy. Let's go with Jason Pominville He'll score his 13th goal of the season, but it'll be bad luck because it's number 13 and the Wild will lose to the Ottawa Senators on Tuesday next week here, unfortunately. So there you go. I don't think the Wild will survive that one. <clears throat> Three to two loss. Um, you know, do you think the Wild could beat them? It's a very beatable team. Uh, Hamburger is very, very beatable. Remember, the Wild even beat them when they were when when Hamburger was unbelievable. But of course, at the same time, Dubnik was the other version of Hamburger over here in the Western Conference. Not quite the same this year. I think the Senators win three to two. Uh, unfortunately for the Wild, but we'll see if I'm wrong. So it'll be kind of similar to last last week, where you win the first two and you lose the final one. That's where I'm standing right now. There it is. Uh, <clears throat> so let's check in on some of the uh, prospects ultimately here. Mm-hmm. So Alex Tuck, let's keep up with him again. Pardon me for these noises here. <laughs> Stuff going off in my in the background. Uh, in 33 games, Alex Tuck has, uh, well, he's, he's reached his point total from the season before with Boston College. Um, four games to, to play still on the season in comparison, 28 points on the year for Alex Tuck. Ultimately thirteen goals, fifteen assists for him. Uh who was else I gonna look at here? Uh well yeah Joel Erickson I was looking him up and such on YouTube. He's quite the goal scorer. He he really is. Uh he's more of a goal scorer than 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 a an, an assister at this stage. I think he's gonna have a nice career with the wild. He is a it's like he's like a much he's gonna be a better Koivu, I think. He might end up being well beyond that. Only 15 points in 41 games, but in that Swedish league, ultimately a lot of players tend to score a hell of a lot less over there in Europe. It's just a different game. It's very different, very physical. He's a plus 7 on the year for his club there. Joel Eriksson the 20th overall pick in the 2015 draft. He might be the guy that saves Fletcher's job, or maybe it'll just be too late. Another guy, though, I'm quite impressed with so far the 50th overall pick, second round pick for the Wild in 2015, over at Boston University. The other Boston is Jordan Greenway, Uh big, strong guy. Big, strong guy. He'll, 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 he'll get the penalties and such. He's at plus 15 on the season, 25 points. He's got 20 assists in 36 games, five goals on the year. Not really a goal scorer, but he'll really set people up from the left wing. A very powerful power forward maybe he can add some some scoring as well for the uh for the for the Potsdam New York Native. We'll see what happens. 6 foot 5 physical guy. He may end up being one of the more valuable players for the Wild for in the years to come. I I just have a feeling about him. I mean like when I when I see what I see out of him, hmm, it's going to be fun to watch, I think. I, I just got a good feeling about him. So checking in on some of those important pieces out there. Greenway, a guy definitely to keep an eye on over there in Boston University. Already 25 points, and he's just a freshman. And, again, you think of him more as a physical guy than a scorer, and he's he's helping that offense over there for Boston U. Very, very solid. Very solid indeed. So we'll check in on Iowa very briefly. Not a whole lot going on at this stage. Uh, Jared Knight, obviously, well, he's not with the Iowa Wild. He was sent back down to the Quad City Mallards. After he scored, a, he just added one more assist for the uh, Iowa Wild and was sent back down to Quad City Mallards. In eight games, he has five points, three goals, two assists on the season. Jared Knight, well, I mean, it, it's like a Jared Knight watch. Why not? Uh, Zach Phillips was moved over to the Chicago Wolves as well. Not sure what happened there because it wasn't as a trade. It's like he, the it's like the Providence Bruins slash uh, Boston Bruins organization just let him go. Hmm. I, I, crazy. Zach Phillips. Boy, how the mighty have fallen, right? Another blemish on Mr. Chuck Fletcher's record. And there, there's going to be a time I'm going to really have a nice long segment about it, and it's it's disappointing. Um, There's players on this team that can play. He's been hitting more in the late rounds than certainly more. I mean, Riseboro never hit in the late rounds, ever. So, he's been hitting more in the late rounds than he does in the middle rounds. It's kind of weird, but okay, I I guess it's all right. Uh, Bersethi, ultimately 30 points on the season, really setting up a lot of people. 21 of those assists for the Iowa Wild in a 56-game period. Bersethi, the uh, sixth-round pick in the 2012 draft. I talk about him a lot. He's been solid down there. Not sure how he'll translate to the NHL, but maybe we'll find out sooner than later. Tyler Grayovac finally picking up the pace down there. Now fifteen points in, in thirty games, five goals, ten assists for the Iowa Wild down there. Tyler Grayovac, the guy who was very very long thought of as a fourth liner for the Minnesota Wild. The last year and a half or so, he'd been you know, he he'd been really good. He led the team in scoring with Iowa last year, came up, we thought for sure, there, there's your fourth liner, without a doubt, and then he suffered an injury, went to Iowa, struggled miserably for a, a while, but now he's been picking it up about three uh, three points in the last week. That's encouraging. Uh, Rafael Busseri still kind of struggling with the Quad City Mallards. Nothing special. Uh, the guy, again, that I like to keep up with right now. Very exciting. And a possible replacement for Darcy Hamper, should Darcy want to move on to a different team, because he just he wants to be a starter. Not sure if he's ready to be a starter. I don't know if he's consistent enough, but if that's the way he's thinking and that's the way his agent wants it and all that good stuff, he wants to get a, a bigger contract with another team or just to get, get more playing time to earn a bigger contract, uh, possible trade in the offseason or something or maybe next year, a guy to possibly replace him. Long story longer. Again, Stephen McCulloch, a guy, Steve McCulloch, a guy I've mentioned last week, I believe for the first time, Really uh, coming around. Another six round pick that Doug Rise, Doug Rise, God, Chuck Fletcher may have hit on. Doug Rise never hit on six round picks, by the way. <laughs> another six rounder, possibly. Sixth or seventh rounder. In this case, sixth rounder. Very strong. And in seven games so far, five and two with the Iowa Wild. Now, if you can go 5-2 and two with the Iowa Wild, you you have to be pretty good, right? I mean, that's the Wild. Iowa Wild still have one of the worst records in the whole AHL, if not the worst. They've been struggling miserably for quite a while. Uh, McCulloch, 2.15 goals against average. And, okay, you might want to think, okay, maybe he's just starting off good, kind of like uh, Andrew Hammond, you know, stuff like that. But we'll see. I mean, if he can keep it up, this could be very exciting. Uh, with Quad City, he was very strong as well, very strong. He was 12-8 over there, 2.42 goals against average. Strong performance for the most part. No superstar or anything, but (laughs) you get the idea. Uh, Again, he also played for Harvard over the course of time when he was drafted. Very strong for that club, particularly in his final season there. Uh, That's a guy to keep an eye on. Uh, Not not ready to just say, there you go, He's he's Darcy Kemper's replacement, but he's a possibility. The possibility is starting to rise up. That it, he won 't be like, "Oh boy, what do we do if Darcy Kember wants to leave? Do we have to scramble to sign somebody? maybe that's the guy i i, I don't know um don't be surprised to see Steve McCulloch between the pipes at some point with the Minnesota Wild in the next year or two that's just my that's just my opinion that 's just the way I see it. So this is kind of a shorter show because we only uh had three games to review, three games to preview. And not a whole lot of storylines to get into. I kind of more wanted to talk about the prospects. It's it's fun to kind of get into it for the most part. Uh, some guys struggling, other guys not. Uh, I actually wanted to get into some more, and I shut it down already. I apologize. Uh, to mention, though, Mario Lucia it's not going as well. Uh, he had some strong seasons, and right now in his senior year in over at Notre Dame, he has the lowest point total he's had pretty much there since his freshman year at the bare minimum it's disappointing to see. Um, he's not playing very well right now for the Notre Dame uh, Fighting Irish Hockey Club. Their college, college team. Uh, we're just going to have to wait and see what happens. But he's, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, we'll, don't. I mean, I, I'm sure he'll be on the Iowa Wild next year. Hopefully he will be because his college career is over. So hopefully he doesn't wind up in a Swiss league or something like a lot of some of these other guys who've been disappointments and the wild just gave up on him so we'll, we'll just see what happens with that but Mario Lucia a guy you traded up to get in the second round he started strong and and just kind of he just kind of dropped off a bit uh he hasn't dropped off as much he's still got eight games in hand you could say with Notre Dame but then again actually he's missed a couple games that's part of the problem he's got a few less games played but he's 11 points down 32 points last year 31 the year before only 21 this year actually right now if the season ended he has the lowest Point production since his uh, since his freshman year, when he had 23 points, he's at 21 right now in more games. So, hmm, not sure where to go with that. That's kind of frustrating right now for the Plymouth, Minnesota native Mario Lucia, and of course the son of Mister <laughs> Mister Don Lucia, Louis Nanny, grandson of Lou Nanny. Yes, the the Lou Nanny playing for RPI, <laughs> playing for RPI. Uh, he had his freshman year last year only 10 points, so basically fourth line, third line for that club, but 21 points this year, picking up the pace a little bit, still, I mean, nothing great, but he's a seventh round pick, and it's only his sophomore year in college, so we'll see what happens with him, um, who knows, Hope, hopefully the Iowa Wild. I mean, yeah, hope, hopefully he's on the Iowa Wild in a year or two, see what happens with him, and uh, maybe he can develop into something in this league. Possibly. Possibly. It's all just a wait-and-see type of situation. Those are guys, you know, to keep an eye on. They're Minnesota natives, and, eh, well, Louis Nanny. I mean, it's Lou Nanny. Come on. And he's doing he's doing fairly well with RPI. They're a familiar team out there, though they're not as good as they've been in years past. Mario Lucia. Yeah, I mean, Notre Dame has had some really strong teams. Not, not quite as good this year. Mario Lucia, you spent some draft picks to get him. You moved up in the draft to get him, so you hope he can develop, ultimately. Mr., uh, Mario Lestia of a High School there. Come on, young man. Come on. Pick it up. Pick it up. <laughs> uh, Nick Steeler, also a gopher from Eden Prairie. Might as well. Uh, he's another player, obviously. I, oh, he played for the University of Nebraska, transferred to the Gophers, nine assists on the season. So, mm, for a team that's not playing that good, but he's a plus 17 on the year. So, strong performance for Nick Steeler in that sense. More of a stay-at-home guy, kind of guy. Maybe kind of like a Scandella we'll say, minus the rocket shot, I suppose. <laughs> but a tough, kind of a tough anchor type of defenseman who will get some assists. So enough of that. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm riding this a little too long. It's fun to look at, though, sometimes, to see just what is out there for the wild, out there in the vast universe of, of the, uh, the the farm system. It's, it's a big farm system. Just hopefully it's a strong farm system. I, I don't know. I would probably give it like a, a B-, minus, maybe C-plus at this point right now, to be quite honest. <laughs> We'll see what happens, though. I better stop saying we'll see what happens and just move on to next week. Hopefully the Wild can go 3-0, and but if they can go 2-1, and hey, better than nothing. Before we wrap things up officially, though, let's give out the contact details. Uh, the phone line is 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention which show you're calling into, which is, of course, Brave the Wild. And then, yeah, leave your name also as well. You don't have to leave your number, right? <laughs> leave your name, though. Let me know and, and where you're from. It would be greatly appreciated. Apparently the Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash brave the wild dot Minnesota, facebook.com forward slash brave the wild dot Minnesota. Apparently on there, you can, um, you can just call in now. There's a call in now button on there that Facebook has offered. Pretty cool. Thank you for that, Facebook. I, I appreciate that. Uh, for the Twitter account, and I'm going to get to a Facebook uh, comment I got as well from Australia. Very cool. Uh, before I get to that, though, the Twitter account is at Brave the Wild. At Brave the Wild, Give that a follow. would be greatly appreciated. And I'd like to really thank some of you that have been following the Facebook page. It's been picking up of late, and it's pretty cool. It's it's exciting. I, I appreciate it very much, honestly. Um Now I can get to the comment here. Uh, Ben Allen says, from your last episode, you talked about fans in Australia. Well, I'm happy to say I'm a massive wild fan from the land down under. Thanks for the podcast. And thank you very much, Ben. I really appreciate that. Nice to meet you. And that's really cool to know that there are Australian fans out there that like hockey. Pretty cool. I have a lot of Australian, a huge, huge Australian uh, listener base for Tim Rules Explosion. That's another show I do. Maybe you like basketball as well, Ben. You know, I've probably heard of it before. Maybe you've heard of it before, Tim Explosion. But really cool to hear that there's hockey fans out there as well. So thank you very, very much. And of course, always uh, thank you to uh, Vince Germano, who's also from Australia that does listen to this show, Tim Rules Explosion and Purple <laughs> Mafia too. Tanae Brown from New Zealand who does the same. Thank you guys so much. I mean, you guys literally, you're you're the backbone. Of Timberwolves' explosion at the bare minimum, if not all of my shows. I mean, I, Australia is a very special country to everything I do in the media, you know, which is, of course, an alternative media via the podcasting world. Um, you guys are just, <laughs> I, I couldn't be here without you. I, I would have probably walked away by now, without a doubt. So thank you very much, Ben. I really, really appreciate that. With all that, I want to wish you all a nice week and big success for the Wild. Hopefully they go 3 and 0. 2 and 1's better than nothing, right? So with that, we'll wrap things up and talk to you next week.